You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Oh, hello, 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 everyone. Ah, okay. I'm not going to say I have a special guest with me today because I don't. It's just me. You guys get to enjoy me today. Woohoo! I am going to be talking about a topic today that I'm actually really excited to talk about. And it's one that I feel gets thrown around a ton in the entrepreneurial space. And sometimes I feel like it gets thrown around in a very negative way of shaming somebody, but I want to flip that on its head today and talk about it. So what is this topic I'm going to talk about today? Drum roll, please. Okay. Commitment. I feel real silly. I'm like literally sitting in my office by myself recording this podcast episode. And I'm like, can anyone hear me <laughs> talking about commitment? Okay. Let's talk about commitment. Let's talk about commitment. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you my personal story with commitment in the entrepreneurial space. And this was actually earlier this year. And this is also why it's so dear to my heart, this topic, because I want to scream it from the rooftops is that I worked with a coach earlier this year and their reply to almost every situation that was going on in business was you just need to be more committed. You just need to be committed. You just need to be committed. I swear if I heard that so many times. So anytime someone would come with a problem of I'm not getting any leads or this ad is not converting, it was, you just need to be more committed. You just need to be more committed. And to me, I did not like that response because a commitment is an action. Being committed to something can go in the A-line. It could be an action, right? You're committed. But the thought, it could also be a thought, right? I am committed to doing this. And here is why I did not like just being told or seeing other people being told you just need to be committed. Because if you put that in the the T line, you just need to be committed. What comes next is the emotion. And so if you're thinking, I just need to be committed. And then the feeling is something negative, right? It's guilt, it's pressure, it's whatever it is. You aren't going to take the action that is going to drive or get the result of you being committed to whatever you are trying to commit to. So to me, I'm just going to break the ice earlier. To me, I don't really think about commitment as being something that we are dedicated to being a commitment. Like I'm committed being a thought we don't need to focus on that. We need to focus on the emotion. Okay, we need to focus on the feeling that it elicits. Now, I'm going to say this. Every single action that we take in our life 
every single want that we have and every single action we take is driven by an emotion. We've talked about the CTFAR method from Brooke Castillo, the thought creates the feeling, create the feeling creates the action, action creates the result. So everything, every action and every inaction <laughs> we take comes from an emotion. Now, everything that we desire is because we think that thing is going to make us feel a certain way. So let's say, for example, you're out shopping and you see this beautiful jacket. The only reason why you want that jacket is because if you had that jacket, it would make you feel a certain way. It'd probably make you feel beautiful. It'd make you feel warm. It would make whatever it is. The reason why we ever want something or even want someone to do something, that's a whole nother thing, is because we think it's going to give us a feeling. Now, on the flip side, the reason why we don't do things is because we think it's going to give us a feeling that we do not want. Okay. I hope that makes sense. So when it comes to commitment, when it comes to commitment, when we have to, we have the thought, I am going to be committed to doing this, right? When we make that decision, we usually fall into three categories, right? And the actions, whatever happens, it'll fall into three categories. We'll either fall into procrastination or we'll be committed, but then we just wait to the last minute to do everything because we really truly don't want to do it. But we're like, oh, but I told myself I'm going to do it. So you wait until the very last minute, which creates a ton of pressure, a ton of chaos. And then you might even make it mean that you're lazy. It might make it mean that you're not committed or not dedicated. Um, you'll make it mean all these different things. And that's the first bucket, procrastination, right? Either procrastinate, not do it, or we'll completely avoid it. Right? We'll completely avoid it. Why do we avoid it? Because again, we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. We avoid it. We just don't do it at all. And then again, we make it mean something about ourselves. We make it mean that we're lazy, that we're undedicated, like all of these things. But I'm kind of here to tell you that, no, it's not really that you're undedicated and that you're lazy. <laughs> it's just that you were either trying to seek a feeling or you're trying to avoid a feeling. And that is where we need to start. We need to figure out what is the emotion you're trying to avoid or what is the emotion that you want. I'm going to give you a really great example in my own life because I have made the commitment to get up at 4.30 every single morning. And I have been doing that consistently for the past couple of weeks. And when my alarm goes off at 4.25 in the morning, I want to hit the snooze button or turn off my alarm because I want to take that action because the feeling that I want is to go back to sleep and to rest and to not get up. That's the feeling that I want. So this used to be my cycle all the time. It's actually a lot of people's cycles who try to get up early, right? It's that, that split moment. They wake up from the alarm and they want to go back to sleep. So the action they take is to procrastinate waking up early or to avoid waking up early because they want to continue to sleep. The feeling, the emotion that they want is peace, contentment to go back to sleep. Now, let me tell you what changed the game for me. And this is actually what I want to talk about. Like you might ask yourself, then what do I do to be more committed? You have to elicit a different feeling, right? You have to elicit a different feeling. Now, what does that mean? 
I get a very negative feeling when I think about waking up early, right? Like I don't want to do it, right? I, my feeling, I want to do it, but the feeling I get is like resistant, right? I'm resisting waking up early. So I needed to get rid of the feeling of resistance, need to get rid of that feeling. How do I do that? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Every single night before I go to bed, I think of a very fun, exciting thing that I can look forward to tomorrow. It can be as simple. This is going to sound real silly because I've used this one several times. It can be as simple as telling myself, I cannot wait to get up in the morning and have a hot cup of coffee and drink every last drop of it without a child crawling on me, without food being spilt on the floor from my toddler, without without cartoons playing, like without, just without being touched, I can sit on my couch and wrap my hands around a really nice hot mug of coffee and sip that coffee till it's the last drop in complete silence. That even just feeling that I have tingles, I have literally goosebumps all over my body. Just even saying that out loud and imagining that gives me such a feeling of anticipation and excitement. And it has allowed me, no joke, to wake up before my alarm even goes off. I've woken up two to three minutes before my alarm goes off every single morning, jump right out of bed. I haven't even had any issue whatsoever, but it's because I changed the emotion. I changed the emotion. And I even want to throw this in here. This is just a side note tangent, because when you think of commitment to a lot of people too, again, try to change the thought, right? Like they try to change the thought, but sometimes I don't think you need to change the thought. You just need to change the emotion that is associated with that thought. Let me give you an example. I have so many people tell me all the time. I just need to get rid of this limiting belief. I don't want to believe this anymore. I don't want to believe this anymore. I don't want to believe this anymore. I need to get rid of the limiting belief. And I actually say the limiting belief is always going to be there. It's just that you're committed to letting it be limited. I'm going to say that again. You don't need to get rid of the limiting belief. You need to get rid of your commitment to the limiting belief, your commitment to it being limiting in the first place, right? That's a total mind warp. So a lot of the times people try to change the, change the thought, they change the belief, but sometimes you can bypass the system and you can keep the thought. If the thought is, I need to wake up. I want to wake up at 4.30 every morning. If that is thought, but my feeling that I get that is pressure or like dread, I'm not going to, it's not that thought is bad. That thought is not really bad. It's just my, my feeling, my emotion towards it is bad. So instead I can change that. I can change it to something positive. I, and that the exercise that I did of like the anticipation and getting excitement. Now, when I think of waking up at 4 30 in the morning, I am freaking excited. I am out of the bed before the alarm even goes off because I am so freaking pumped to get up at 4 30 in the morning. So freaking excited. And so I say this because this is such an easy hack to do. It's such an easy hack to do. And it's such an easy way to actually fall through with commitment 
without shaming yourself and without just being like, you just need to be more committed and making it mean something negative about it. It's really truly that you're not, it's not that you're not committed. It's that you aren't operating from a place of excited emotion, right? Because our emotions, our feelings drive our actions. So if the feeling is negative, you're going to always resist taking the action. So we need to create commitments with a positive emotion. And if it's if you want to be committed and it doesn't create a positive emotion, then we have to figure out how we can create a positive emotion. So I'm going to give you even another example. Visualization is actually a really big tool that I use to get over some negative emotion. I'm going to give you a great example that you could probably use. Public speaking, right? Most people, including myself, when I stand on a stage in front of people, I am so freaking nervous. I, I have sweaty palms. I'm so nervous. And the emotion is not a very good one. I hate feeling nervous, right? Again, that's also a thought. I hate feeling nervous, right? So for me, I practice being nervous so that I can start to have courage and not be afraid of feeling nervous. What does that look like? A lot of times I do visualization exercises. I will visualize myself on the stage talking to a thousand people and screwing up royally, saying a horrible thing. And I let my body feel that emotion. I start to name that emotion. I start to call out what it feels like. I really like in my body, like I'll say, okay, my hands are very sweaty. I'm feeling butterflies in my stomach. My neck is a little tight. Like my, my lips are dry. Like I really start, my cheeks are red. I start to actually describe that emotion and call it out. And I intentionally practice feeling that way. Why do I do that? Because once I start to actually really feel that over and over again, and I know that it's just a feeling, I won't fear it anymore. And I can also start to replace it with a more positive emotion because I'll start to feel more capable. Um, it's Dan Sullivan who actually calls it the four C's. So he says, first is commitment, first is commitment. And then you have to have courage to continue to do what you committed to. And then when you do something consistently over and over again, you start to feel capable. And then when you feel capable, you start to feel confident. Then you are going to be confident, right? But courage, that's like my courage process of how I get courage is to get familiar with the negative emotion that I'm trying to avoid in the first place. Just get really familiar with it. And when you become familiar with something, you can also tend to control it. You can start to control that emotion and you can start to replace it with something positive. So for me, for public speaking, one actually perfect example, one of the greatest ways that I'm getting over the fear of public speaking is podcasting. I was terrified to start this podcast. And yes, while I'm sitting here talking to a computer screen, I'm also my words are getting out there into the world for people to hear. And that's scary to me. And that makes me nervous. That makes me super nervous. But I've been something I have practiced over and over again. I've even visualized myself. I've like visualized worst case scenario of, okay, maybe I say something awful. Someone screenshots it and blasts me and I get canceled. I like literally will sit in that situation and feel the emotion of what that would feel like. Really, I do because it allows me to not be afraid of that negative emotion and also 
on top of that, I'm able to start to figure out what is a positive emotion that I want to feel. And so to me, commitment is not something I feel that should be shamed. Like you shouldn't be shamed if you don't feel committed. You, you, it's normal, (laughs) really, truly, it's normal. Where I feel we get hung up is the emotion part of it, the feeling part of it. We're having the thought down of, I really want to do this. My thought is I want to do this, but the emotion is what gets in a way. And again, the only reason why we ever do something is to avoid an emotion or to gain a positive one. And I also want to leave you with this. This is actually really quick. I want to talk about this because I've had this come up for a while and it's actually used to come up for me a lot is that a lot of the times you will take action on something to gain a very momentary positive emotion. This looks, let's say you're on a diet and you've limited, you've cut out sugar and there's a cupcake sitting on the table and you want the emotion that you want to feel at that moment is happy. And you think if I eat that cupcake, I'm going to be happy. So then you eat the cupcake and you do have a moment of happiness, but then you immediately go into, I shouldn't have done that. And you immediately go into shame. So you took the action to feel a positive one, but then you start to immediately go in the opposite, right? Now, I want to talk about that for a minute because a lot of the times the only reason why we don't stick to commitments is because, again, we have that emotion. We want to have a happy emotion for one split second, one minute, and then it goes back into a negative emotion. But notice that it was not the thought. It was the emotion that drove you to break that commitment. It was the emotion. This is why people have to be emotionally mature. And I can't, I could go on and on about how we are just ingrained as children, not to pay attention to our emotions. All negative emotions are bad. All positive emotions need to happen 24 seven, right? Like tantrums. Think about a toddler throwing a tantrum. It's always, you need to stop crying, suck it up. No, absolutely not. And even the words of what's wrong when someone's crying, there's nothing wrong. I'm human. Thank you very much. It's something I'm really striving really hard to teach my girls. I was actually just crying yesterday. We had a family member pass away in our family over the weekend. My, my dear aunt, Pam, passed away over the weekend with a heart attack. And I just had a moment of, I really just need to cry about this because it's sad. It's very sad. Although I really want to celebrate life and and know that this is what she would have wanted as in us to celebrate her life. Of course, you're going to be sad. You're losing a family member. And my daughter, Emery, who's four, came up to me and she said, mommy, why are you crying? What's wrong? And I said, baby, there's nothing wrong. I said, I'm crying because mommy's sad and it's okay to be sad. It's good to be sad. When you're sad, you need to be sad. And it's so awesome to feel your emotions. It's so good. God created us as emotional beings and it feels so good to have emotions. I'm getting here right now thinking about it. And she said, she said, yeah, it feels really good to cry sometimes. I think so too, mommy. And I was, I just felt like this moment of like, good, so glad. But we just operate so much in avoidance of any negative emotion. And we also avoid it for a momentary positive emotion. 
And so I, I say all this because a question that I have started to ask myself is how can I feel good in this moment as well as later? Because if I'm doing something to have a momentary good moment, but I know I'm going to be upset with myself later, I always ask myself that question. How can I have a positive emotion now and later? Will I be happy? This is another question. Will I be happy about this decision this afternoon? Nope. If it's no, then no. <laughs> I don't do it. There's a whole, I could do a whole podcast episode of, of becoming someone who I want to be. And a big question I ask myself is, would a millionaire do this? Because I want to be a millionaire. I know for a fact I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. It is, I'm speaking it into existence. I've been told by God that I'm going to break generational curses. We have, I'm telling you, there's so much. It pops up everywhere that I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. And so I always ask myself, okay, who is the person that I have to become to be capable of making a million dollars. So the question that I ask myself all the time is what would a millionaire do here? I also ask myself, what would a healthy person do? That's a very good question, right? Because I want to be better. I think if I ask myself, what type of person is a millionaire? I would say a millionaire is a healthy person. They're a determined person. They are an honest person. And so I, I ask myself that all the time. What would a healthy person do? What would an honest person do? What would a determined person do? What would a organized person do? That's another big one, right? I said millionaires are organized. And again, it's my definition of a millionaire, right? There's probably several millionaires out there who are not organized. But to me, as a millionaire, I want to be organized. So I ask myself, what would an organized person do? And you guys, this is incredible. If you do not do this, please do it. But your commitment level will go sky high. If you figure out what is a question that you can ask yourself, I will even just throw it out there. What would a committed person do? Even further, how would a committed person want to feel? How would a committed person want to feel? How does a committed person feel? And my definition of a committed person feels excited. I don't want to do anything without feeling excited. Okay, so what can I do to put myself in a situation to feel excited? Instead of being committed to believing that it is a limiting, again, like I said earlier, some of you don't need to get rid of the limiting belief. You need to just get rid of your commitment to the limiting belief. You need to get rid of your commitment to the limiting belief. And you're committed to believing that limited belief because it brings you some type of emotion. Um, sometimes you're trying to avoid it or avoid a emotion, which could be responsibility. I'm actually going to give you one last example. And then I'm going to jump of my client. If you guys do not know, I think I've mentioned it before. I do not allow my clients to tell me, I don't know. They are not allowed to tell me. I don't know if we're on a call and they say, I don't know. I immediately go, what if you did know? And we're not going to say, I don't know. What if you did know? And I ask that question all the time. And I had a client who got very frustrated with me the other day because she kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I just said, what if you did know? That's all I kept saying back. And then she was like, if I did know, I would tell you. And she got frustrated. And I said, what's the problem? She's like, I just don't know what you want me to answer. And basically when we started doing some coaching on it, um, I asked her, I said, is it that you really are confused or is it that you are committed to being confused. 
And she looked at me funny. And I said, because to me, what does being confused, what is the gain of you being confused? What are you getting out of being confused? Because we, guys, a lot, I'm just going to say it. We do things because we're getting something out of it. Any negative thing that we're doing is because we are getting something out of it. So what are you trying to avoid or gain by being confused? And at the end of the day, what we got down to was by being confused, she was able to avoid making a decision because if she made a decision, then she would be responsible. And she is someone who did not, who, do, who does not want to take responsibility for anything. She, and this is something we've worked on. I'm not calling her out in, in, in a negative way by any means. This is something we've totally worked on. She came to me saying, I don't want to be a victim anymore because she was a victim and it was everybody else's fault. It was never her. And responsibility is such a huge thing. This is a pattern that she's played over and over again in her life is that she was a victim of everything outside of her and and, and every circumstance. And so I told her, I said, what would it look like to not like, what would it look like to not be confused? And when she said, I would have to make a decision and I don't want to make a decision because if I make a decision, then I'm responsible for the consequences and responsible for the results. So it was her way, her way of operating was to always be stuck in confusion because she was, so it wasn't even that she was, it wasn't that she was actually confused. She was just committed to being confused because the thought I'm confused is really not a bad thought. It really isn't until you have a negative emotion about it. Because let's just say I'm in a room with someone teaching astrophysics. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know how that word just came to my head. I can literally think I'm confused and I wouldn't beat myself up about it. I would not be negative about it. I would be like, that's a good thing because these aren't my people. Like, this is not a room. This is not what I do. Of course, I'm confused. I'm not going to beat myself up about that. I don't know about this stuff. But if I'm in a room, let's say with other marketers and I know I'm good at what I do, and then I don't know what they're talking about. And I say, I'm confused. I'm probably going to beat myself up about that. I'm going to feel negative about it because I'll be like, I should know what they're doing. This makes me so frustrated. I'm so angry. But her thought, I'm confused. And she was feeling very negative, but she, it really truly wasn't the thought she needed to get rid of. She just needed to get rid of her commitment to that thought, her commitment to the negative emotion she was feeling from that thought. And that is what she was avoiding. She was avoiding responsibility and she was gaining indecision. Indecision allowed her to not be responsible. And again, stay in that victim mentality. Just a perfect example. I had to throw that in there. Just a perfect example. So I'm going to wrap this up by saying commitment. Commitment is necessary, but don't beat yourself up if you are not falling through on commitment. It says it doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're worthless. It doesn't mean you can't do it, that you're not capable. It doesn't mean those things. It just means you are operating in a system where you are trying to avoid an emotion or feel an emotion. And that is where you really need to be aware. And that is where you really need to shift. So I hope this was helpful. Visualization again is a great way to shift out of that negative thought, practicing that negative thought so you no longer fear it, practicing that negative thought. So when you feel it, it's not 
terrible. Who cares? Like you'll just get to the point of, okay, it's a negative feeling. It's just a vibration in my body. Awesome. So practice it. And then also practice feeling that positive emotion. What is a way that you can elicit a positive emotion to that circumstance? Again, I gave the example of getting really excited about waking up and drinking my coffee in the morning. And I tied that to the situation of waking up early, which had originally a negative thought, right? So how can you start to elicit a positive thought in that same situation? So there you go. I hope you all have the most incredible week. Thank you all too for your prayers and your thoughts to people that I've talked to about my aunt passing away this weekend. We are going to be celebrating her life this weekend. Death is such a, death is such an odd thing to me because I've just been around it so much in my life. I've experienced a lot of death in my life. And so for me, death is not so much a negative thing as it is just a beautiful celebration of someone's life and a beautiful celebration of the work they did on earth and who they are as a person and the memories that we get to hold. And while it is sad um, and I've cried about it and it is sad, it's also just, I love to look at it as in this most beautiful person that got to be on this earth and that I got to experience and witness. And it's been amazing, but thank you all for your thoughts and your prayers that have reached out to me. We really do appreciate it. And I I also want to honor her because she was also someone very committed. She was a vegan for almost five years, which is almost four years actually. And that was something that she worked really hard on was trying to look at food in such a positive way and changing her whole lifestyle from someone who ate meat and potatoes almost every single day to becoming a vegan and really truly um, sharing that love of food with others. Like she actually had a blog that she loved and would share lots of recipes. She was actually writing a book to do these recipes. And it's just a really cool, really cool thing about her life and her and the commitment that she made to do that. And I really honor that for her. In a way, this is like a perfect episode to talk about this because she was someone who really, truly was committed to feeling excitement about food and excitement about her journey of becoming a vegan and really awesome. So anyways, I hope you all have the most amazing rest of your day. And next week is Christmas. Whoop, whoop. So excited. And then the following week after that is my 32nd birthday on New Year's Eve. So I am pumped, but I will be here next week and the week after sharing some amazing more insight with you guys. And I just appreciate you all. And I hope you all have the most amazing week and I will catch you next time on the No Front Room Show. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Fartner Round Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamefernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live to get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback, and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode. And until then, I will smell you later.